Evan, Haley, and Levi Williams. Thank you so much. We hit a time now in our lectionary where we hear from Jeremiah, and Jeremiah is letting the people have it. So here he comes. The word of the Lord came to Jer- the, the word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Come, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled by the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as the potter has done, says the Lord? Just like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. At one moment I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it. But if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil... I will change my mind about the disaster that I intended to bring on it. And at another moment, I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I, built, that I will build and plant it. But if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will change my mind about the good that I had intended to do to it. Now, therefore, say to the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Thus says the Lord, Look, I am a potter shaping evil against you and devising a plan against you. Turn now, all of you, from your evil way and amend your ways and your doings. And then from the 14th chapter of Luke comes this hard saying of Jesus about the cost of discipleship. Now large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation 
and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to wage war against another king will not sit down first to consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If he cannot then, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I wonder if any of you, like me, are obsessed with the television show Shark Tank. You watch Shark Tank? There's a half a dozen sharks, half a dozen multi-million, billion gazillionaires who hear from usually young entrepreneurs, but budding entrepreneurs about their programs or projects or products and what the possibilities are for making money. And oftentimes they'll say things like this, you have a product, not a business. You have a project or a hobby, not something that can make lots of money and is investable. You are going to need a large influx of cash to make this thing work. And sometimes if they really get on it, they really let these people have it and say, you don't have a plan for how your business is going to succeed. And therefore, I can't participate in it because you need a plan to move forward. It's the kind of thing that Jesus is talking about in this text today. You need a plan if you're going to follow Jesus. Now, that may seem strange to us, especially in a time where sometimes we see people wave their hands and immediately run to the altar at an altar call and give their lives to Jesus. And that's all beautiful and wonderful. But it very seldom asks people to count the cost for what that would look like. You know what I'm talking about on different levels. If you're going to bake a cake, you've got to have flour and eggs in your house. If you're going to change the oil in your car, you've got to have one of them thingies, and then you've got to have the other thingy, and you've got to have the oil, whatever. I don't know how to change oil, but what do you know? You've got to do whatever you've got to do. You've got to have the right parts. You've got to think ahead to make it happen. And this says, if you don't, lest people will see that you are a fool. Any of y'all ever been to the mall? The mall in St. Clairsville, the Ohio Valley Mall? Well, if you go a little past the mall toward the next exit, which is where my, the exit we take to go where my family lives, 
you will see on the side of the road the Wayne Hayes Memorial Way Station. People are laughing. Those people know what I'm talking about. But on the side of the road there, there was a way station that when Wayne Hayes was a state representative in the district that St. Clairsville lays in, he was going to change our world. He was going to bring in gazillions of dollars in tax money by putting a way station right before the exit to the mall. And you know what's there now? A big concrete slab. Because he couldn't secure from his buddies in Washington enough money to finish the job. That's why when I say it's the Wayne Hayes Memorial, people laugh out loud. You got to figure out what it's going to cost you to follow the plan. Now, this text gets hard because Jesus says, in order to do that, you've got to hate your father and your mother and your children and your brothers and sisters. What a horrible thing to say. Jesus, who's all about love, is saying, hate those closest to you and even your own life. Why would he do that? Well... Because the word that Luke is using here does not translate well into English. When we talk about hating something, we talk about harboring great animosity toward it. We talk about anger and resentment and bad feelings. When Luke here talks about hate, hate your mother, hate your father... Hate your siblings, hate your children. He's talking about making sure they're not the top priority. And for some of you, even those are harsh words, too hard to listen to. And you may be right. But in classic Christian theology, anything that you put ahead of God is understood to be an idol. And the first in the list of God's top ten says don't have idols. I got so sick when I was in Nebraska of hearing people say, we can't come to that special worship service, Pastor, because we got family in town. And you know, family takes priority. Family takes priority over God. Well, then, that's, I'm sorry to say, your idol. See, we've come to understand that idols are only things that are bad. Our love of money, greed. But they're not necessarily. Workaholism can be an idol, but work, we don't think that's an idol. Well, yes, it can be. Jesus here is saying, following me is going to cost you something. Because you have to choose to put me first. 
You have to decide that I am the one that is ultimately where your allegiance lies. Put God first. My goodness. That, I think, could look like a lot of things for a lot of people. Praying and reading your Bible, worshiping, making sure that you are a loving person, someone that loves others and loves God. Someone that takes seriously applying Christian ethic to your life and your business and your world. But whatever that means for you, it has to mean that Jesus comes first. Amen.